sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge every weekday morning. I'm Dane Martinez. Some people call me the spitting statistician, and I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, live and direct from the basement. And we turn our attention now, Kev, to the NFL. I mentioned yesterday that today is a big day in the NFL calendar, and it is because this is the deadline for players who were franchise tagged over the last couple of weeks and months to secure a long-term deal. We went through some of the names. Obviously, the, the headline is that quarterback over in Dallas, and we'll get to him. We got a poll question on him in a second. But I want to start with positive news, where team and player were able to come to an agreement. Chris Jones, the defensive lineman for the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, signed a four-year, $85 million extension. And, Kev, I think this is important. Okay, the Chiefs have always been led by their offense, but it was improvements on their defense under Steve Spagnolo at the end of last year, coinciding with, you know, Chris Jones going bonkers, the honey badger taking a step forward, which really was what they needed to kind of really uh, put the rest of the league to bed. And it was Chris Jones when confetti was falling down at the Super Bowl being like, we're a dynasty. Well, him being back in the fold for the next four years certainly helps the Chiefs chances they are still the favorite to repeat for the Super Bowl. I think, listen, the Chiefs are spending that money. They're securing and locking up their studs. Mahomes last week, Chris Jones yesterday. And it's easy to see why. I mean, the idea that they're a dynasty is one that I don't think is hard to wrap our minds around when you consider that the most important thing is quarterback and head coach combo. And Mahomes yeah. is going to be there now for a decade plus. Uh, and of course, we don't, you know, Andy Reid being there for at least a little while is expected. And them being the favorites is also exactly what it should be. 20 of the 22 starters from that Super Bowl roster is returning, and the entire coaching staff stayed intact because the whole league is stupid. And nobody, I'm not going to go on an Eric Bieniemy, the but of course, like, but how nobody hired Eric Bieniemy? You all deserve to lose your jobs. It's wild. And that's Hashtag what that all is. coaches matter. It's just, it's just so wild. Five of the top six rushers are back for this team. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is there. Eight of the nine top yeah. receivers, six of the top seven offensive line. Like, the team, they brought back everybody that won the Super Bowl. And the best thing about this with the Christian Even Jones backup quarterback, Matt Moore. <laughs> right. And the thing is, with, who won a game, by the way, against Minnesota Vikings, was important for them actually getting that by. Uh, mm-hmm. Christian Jones, by the way, is, you know, in a situation where here, they were able to get this done because the Mahomes extension doesn't kick in right away. So they have that flexibility to get this done. Is Chris Jones going to finish out that four-year contract? I'm not sure. Maybe. But, you know, the thing we know about NFL contracts is, you know, guaranteed money is really all that matters, right? And Mm -hmm. Chris Jones is going to be there for at least this season. And honestly, I think considering how the world has played out in 2020, it'd be wild to worry about anything other than the 2020 season. (laughs) They are the rightful favorites. And Chris Jones is a big part of that. One of the best interior defensive linemen in football. Uh, you know, has probably been top five at that position in the league. I think he's third in the second NFL. year in the league. Yeah, I think he's the third best interior defensive lineman in the NFL behind only two names. You know them both, Kev. One of them is Aaron Donald. Oh, who's the other one, Kev? Big Fletcher Cox. Amen. There you go, Fletcher Cox. Um, so this is an example. Of when, you know, the deadline to get a long-term deal created enough pressure and team and player figured it out. That did not happen in Dallas, however, Kev, where Dak Prescott, the name we know around the franchise tag, is still without a long-term deal. We got a poll question up right now as well. We want to know, this is the drama of it, right? With Dallas and Dak, they drafted the wide receiver. They brought in the red rifle, maybe as the backup. We always know the most popular player on the team is the backup quarterback. It's a very interesting situation. Our poll question is, how long is
Is Dak staying with Dallas? How does this story end? Is this his last season on the franchise tag? Does he have two more seasons? Do they have a long-term contract? Do they finally come to an agreement? And will he be the franchise quarterback for the foreseeable future? Or do they actually move him? So far right now, we thank to everybody who has voted so far. The people are saying, Kev, that they think this could be his last season in Dallas, and then the sides will move on. What do you think? Uh, how do you think this story ends? How would you vote in this poll, Kev? Yeah, so I voted for two more seasons of Dak Prescott. Hmm. Uh, and I've had a little bit of an exchange this morning with our friend Mike Blewett um, as well, who thinks that after this year, um, when hopefully things getting back to normal and some TV deals and, and certain things can kind of kick in, that they will find themselves getting a deal done. And he mentioned that Jared Jones typically actually will extend his players. Amari, Zeke, Marcus Lawrence, Jalen Smith. We've seen that play out. There's, a, there's certainly something up between Jerry and Dak, right? And the thing, here's why, though, I vote for only two more seasons. Dak has proven he is very, very smart financially. He's played mm. this very well. He only wants the four years, Dane, because he wants to be able to get back to the market. That Buy way at he the can apple. get another wrong strategy. Yep. Absolutely. Like, it's a, it's a smart move. Jerry says, I want five. Understandable. The problem <laughs> for Jerry is... The leverage isn't there. The one thing we saw with Kirk Cousins is the franchise tag for quarterbacks actually can work in their favor as long as they stay healthy and can give you a base right. level of production. And as long as Dak stays healthy, he's going to give you, especially in this offense, Dane, that base level of production. So this year, the cap hits, you know, 30 plus million. Then they'll have to franchise him again because he's going to hold out. He's going to, because it makes too much sense not to. So Does then Andy Dalton give him. them leverage? Does Andy Dalton no. give the Cowboys leverage? No. No. Because, well, then he's gone. Because then he's gone. That, and that but it's almost thing. like they can play hardball because they think they have an option number two. No, because somebody else will pay Dak. And I think that's okay. the thing that it's the same thing that happened with Kirk Cousins, right? Like, Kirk Cousins hit the market, I would argue, with less hype than, say, Dak Prescott would. And Cousins what? is just ripping out fully guaranteed contracts left and right. <laughs> like, and without the results to really justify it, right? So Dak will get the bag no matter what. So if Dallas right. is like, oh, we're going to turn to Andy Dalton, be like, go ahead. I dare you. Enjoy that. <laughs> you saw how it worked out for Cincinnati. All of the playoff wins, they, oh, none. Oh, zero that they that they racked up. Like, Dak's got more playoff wins than Andy Dalton in a significantly less amount of opportunity. So, And the biggest thing here, though, is so if he gets franchise tagged again, Dane, oh, yeah, third, the, the, the third time that they would try and do it, I mean, it's like a $50 million contract. So the problem right. becomes, it's just financially smarter for Dak to keep rocking with the franchise tag. And what we've right. seen from Dak is he is wise to the game. And he's not going to mess this situation up. So I just I think the Cowboys have misplayed their hand. They should have just thrown, thrown him the four-year deal and lived with the results. The worst case scenario is what? You have to re-extend him a bit sooner? Okay. Right. But what if things do go wrong? And then at least you got out from underneath it a little bit sooner. I think the Cowboys have misplayed their hands here. I think Dax worked this perfectly, and I, I think after two more seasons, Dax wearing a different uniform. Interesting. Uh, I went a different way. I voted that they will find a long-term contract. 23% of the people agree with me. We'll check in on the poll a little bit later on in Everybody the show. Everybody thinks this is his last season right now. Whew. A lot of people, yeah, 50% of the people think that they're not going to come to an agreement. But I think you make a good point. Maybe the pressure and the walls are actually closing in on Dallas because the franchise tag becomes an exorbitant fee if they keep on going with that approach. So that makes sense. Let's stay in the NFC East. I know this is a story that will warm your heart, Kev, as an Eagles guy. The Eagles are bringing back old faithful, old reliable. However, though, and I'm not making this point to be funny, Kev, I do think it is an uh, important thing to note. They are bringing back 38-year-old Jason Peters. Remember, obviously, Brooks got hurt. We were talking about how he is one of the best guards in the NFL. They're bringing Jason Peters back, but it seems to me that at age 38, Kev, he's going to have a position switch, right? They're bringing him back not to protect Carson Wentz's blind side as an insurance policy for some of the new younger tackles, but he won't play guard. He's going to be on the inside, but I know you still like this news, right, Kev? 
I mean, look, it's great to see Jason Peters back. He's probably one of the best Eagles that I've gotten seen over my lifetime. Is he a Hall of Famer, Kevin? I think so, but I I mean, offensive linemen, it's probably tough to tell for a lot of people. Because for a lot of people, they just start thinking about Super Bowls and counting stats. And but for me, I think he's had a Hall of Fame offensive lineman group for for me. Uh, And I think you know he's been doing it for so long. But this is the thing: the age is more than fair. And the injury concerns are fair as well. This late in his career, not only switching from the tackle to the guard position, he's switching sides as well, which I think is an underrated thing when we talk about offensive line. Oh, yeah. is going from the left side to the right side. And for me, I was a little bit surprised, though, in a way. Because I saw Jason Peters was back, and I just didn't really read the full bit of news. I was like, hooray! And then I saw he was playing guard. I'm like, that's interesting. Because Larry Wofford is still out there. And the fact that they would rather bring in Jason Peters. And I think the Familiar reasoning that we're seeing, than it's, the guard, it's right. not just the familiarity with the franchise. It's his relationship with Lane Johnson and how close ah. those two are. And we know that ah. offensive line play has a lot to do True. with chemistry. And I mean, honestly, yeah. in my opinion, he might be sandwiched between the best center and the best right tackle in football. So like, if you, you wanted to be put in a spot that could help you make the transition, that would be spot to do it fair enough through the athleticism i think we're looking at a spot where jason peters can succeed any and all health concerns are more than valid but i like this move for philly no absolutely remember we we're talking about dak and dallas we're talking about philly here with their top flight offensive line those are the two choices in the nfc east dallas was a slight favorite to win that division kev i mentioned that this is a deadline of sorts right for the long-term deal a number of players that we mentioned yesterday you know had some movement shaq barrett you know kind of got resigned but at the linebacker number remember we were talking about that linebacker number versus kind of the defensive end number well the bucks did resign shaq barrett it's 14 15.828 million dollars Barrett still has the um the grievance shall we say that is out there and Yannick Ngakwe keep an eye out on this one Kev Yannick Ngakwe the pass rusher from the Jacksonville Jaguars remember that back and forth with him and like Tony Khan, the vice president of the Jaguars back and forth Shout this out, did Tom. not seem good and to be quite honest they could still trade him, and the deadline to do that would be today as well. Remember, we talk about Clowney. We talk about Everson Griffin that are still out there. Yannick Ngakwe, keep an eye out on that for pass-rushing needy teams. This is a deadline. Deadlines create pressure to do things. Just keep an eye on this space. When we come back, Kev, there is one other big-time NFL pass rusher that's being rewarded for his actions. I think that's interesting. We'll talk about it when we come back here on The Early Line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports Grid. Kevin Walsh and the spitting statistician putting the fun in functional sports content. And, Kev, the moment last year in the NFL when there was less fun to be had, nobody was having fun having to deal with the blowback and the drama that happened when Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph kind of turned that game into fight night. It was an ugly scene. We know about it all, right? But Miles Garrett, who got suspended, is now in the clear. Uh, he got paid yesterday, Kev. The Browns have agreed to an extension with Miles Garrett, the former number one overall pick for big time money, Kev. Five years, $125 million for Miles Garrett. Now, let me ask you, Kev. I'm high on the Browns this year. I think there's some positive regression now that there are adults in the room. Under Stefanski, Miles Garrett ain't swinging his helmet around like he did under Freddie Kitchens. I'm serious. I think the culture and the coaching change is huge for the Browns, but it doesn't hurt. 
having Miles Garrett, an angry Miles Garrett, a Miles Garrett that has something to prove coming off the edge for this Cleveland Browns team. Yeah, I mean, Miles Garrett is worth what they've paid him, if anybody was wondering. Miles Garrett has that type of ceiling. And that's why they made no hesitation about this move. He can win Defensive Player of the Year this year. That's absolutely the kind of talent. If he doesn't and get suspended ceiling. and play all the games. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, to be honest with you, though, that Miles Garrett situation was multiplied by the fact that he had some other. I remember the game against the Jets. I'm sure you remember it well. Yes. He was starting to build up a reputation of, of being a yes. dirty player, right? And it will be really interesting to see is does Miles Garrett go full in Domigan Sue? Or mm-hmm. does he kind of put the pieces together and put forward the dominant season that the Browns need him to see? I have to, I'm sorry, Dane, but I have to bring this up though. Oh, 2017. Boy. Draft class starting to get paid. Starting to see some big record breaking deals, right? Yeah. Patty Mahomes quarterback. I get it. Miles Garrett. Oh boy, there's some reasons that maybe they would want to wait and pay him. Made that move. McCaffrey plays running back. Can't talk to me about the value of the position anymore. I'm just saying, daily, daily, I just don't see how the, the Jets are doing anything other than losing leverage here in this Jamal Adams debate. What's the, what are we waiting on? <laughs> Can't tell me it's too early to start paying the draft class, Dane. And I know you're not yeah. saying that, but they are. Can't say it anymore. You can't. I think it is interesting that you took this opportunity to go to Jamal Adams, but sure, absolutely. And the nice (laughs) wry little smile on your face means that I will not allow you to do what I want, what you are going to do. Instead, we turn to the UFC where there are fights on tonight. There is a Wednesday card. We are back at Fight Island um, and it's going to be interesting, right? Um, I'm reminded that Dana White, you know, after the Max Holloway decision, Dana White was like, listen, we got some roughing issues. We got some officiating issues. These guys are going to just need to stop each other or else leave it up to the cards. And who knows about that? We do have an interesting card, a lot of fights, but the headliner is an interesting one. I saw Danny last time win as an underdog. This time mm-hmm. he's a bigger underdog, plus 250 in the main event. Are you looking at plus money? Or are you taking the minus three ten fifth? Yeah, so I like Calvin Cater here a bit, but let's give uh, you know let's give Daniga his credit. He comes into this fight on a six fight win streak. Now here's the interesting right. thing with Iga. You talk about the judges. Um, he has fought in this reset. It was against Edson Barboza. We I, I believe we did mention him as a dog that we liked, and he wins by a sure controversial did. split decision. Some felt like he shouldn't uh, have not won that fight, and in fact, he's actually on a two fight split decision win streak, which is huh. pretty interesting. Here's the why Calvin Cater is a minus 300 favorite uh, because this is a main event. And that five means rounds. that this is five rounds. And I don't think Dan Ige has the ability to stop Calvin Cater. And I'm just not sure he's going to be able to be in that cage for five rounds with the punching power of Calvin Cater. So Calvin Cater has won three of his last four fights. The loss was against Zabit Magomed Shiripov, he is the number two fighter in, in this division, okay? So that's a loss that you go, no, that's more than understandable. Uh, I mean, you know, the, you know, these guys over there from Russia, man, they're just such crazy, crazy wrestlers, and they have the ability to, <laughs> you know, hold these guys down. But Calvin Cater went in there against Jeremy Stevens, who's one of the toughest guys in this weight class, and he stopped him, and he looked impressive doing it. Uh, he got him out of there in round two. And I just think we're looking at another situation here where Calvin Cater's power is a bit dangerous. But the reality of that, then, Dane, is there's absolutely no reason to be laying minus 310 to me. Okay. okay? Could he maybe win a decision? I guess, right? But it's a minus 235 for this fight not to go the distance. Him to win by knockout, he's not going to submission. For him to win by knockout is minus 105. That is the way to play this for me. It is Calvin Cater by knockout. Everything that we're seeing from this fight, to me, it just has to do with the length that Dan Ige would need to survive being in that cage with Calvin Cater. I think Cater by knockout at minus 105 is worth the play. You know, I like that, Kevin. To the casual MMA UFC fan, the idea that the main event and all championship fights go five rounds instead of three is huge. 
right? Mm-hmm. To be quite honest, last weekend, I had Peter Yan and the Super Boost to win by knockout. And that only happened because it went to the fifth round, you know, and in the fifth round, it just became way too much for Josie Aldo and the stoppage happened. You know, I think you make a great point about this main event and the fifth round being hard for Ige to last just that long. We got much closer odds and closer fights. It looks like at least in the handicapping world, in the kind of, you know, uh, the co-main event and the fights that will go on right before that one. In the, uh, I guess, co-main event, you got Tim Elliott and Ryan Benoit. Benoit um, is the dog here at plus 104. Elliott, a minus 122 favorite. You're going with the chalk, or you like plus money on this one? So Tim Elliott's pretty interesting. He comes in uh, having lost four of his last five fights, uh, and he's actually been submitted in three of those four losses. Now, he is coming up against someone, though, uh, in Ryan Babyface Benoit, who's not much of a submission artist. But I got, I've gone back okay. and forth in this fight. Again, Tim Elliott has lost three consecutive fights. He's not coming in, covering himself in glory, and is the favorite. The situation here um, for Benoit is a, is a little bit difficult. So he fought in December of 2019. He lost the split decision. His most recent fight before that was November of 2017. Just a lingering <laughs> I- injuries, and he was pulling out of fights, and Train, you know, changing training camps, but I was reading up a little bit on Ryan Benoit heading into this fight thing uh, about kind of just where he feels, and he feels like he's finally got it right. He's where he needs to be health-wise, camp-wise. We're only going to hit a couple fights on this card. I had to find us a dog somewhere. I know plus 104 is not a massive pooch, but I think it's enough here. I think Ryan uh, Benoit can get himself on track against the slumping Tim Elliott. All right, you know I like dogs. I mean, I am a Great Dane myself. Are we going to go back to the dog well in the you know third fight on this card that you know maybe even the public would care about a little bit more? You got Jimmy Rivera going in as a one thirty two minus one thirty two favorite against Cody Stammen. Cody so Stammen is a name that I know, um, but he is coming in as the dog at plus one twelve. Yeah, so this is a really fun fight. Um, okay, this is this is a, a very very worthy co-main co-main third fight on the sure. card like this is a pretty <laughs> solid fight night that they're that they're giving us here uh let's hey, talk fight a little island. bit about bring the hate yeah so jimmy rivera has four losses in his career the first one came back in 2008 it was the second fight of his career then he went on a preposterous streak got himself into the ufc and he was looking fantastic he's lost three of his last four fights those 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 fights though dane yeah Aljamain Sterling, Marlon Marais. Those are oh, literally good. the top three. Those are literally the top three guys <laughs> at 135. So I hesitate to hold that I see. against Jimmy Rivera. But Cody Stammen is no slouch himself. Okay, this is a guy with a 19, 2, and 1 record. I mean, this, I mean, he is a beast. He is a beast. And funny enough, his lone loss in the UFC. Aljamain Sterling. Hey, by the way, if you didn't mm. know, Aljamain Sterling, really good. Cannot wait to see him. I hope get that next fight against Perrion. It's going to be him and Jan, probably, right? You would think, right? It should be. There's some conversation about could it be uh, Marlon Marais, but it should be Aljamain okay. Sterling because I think you could make an argument that Aljamain Sterling should actually have been fighting for the interim championship when he had his fight. Um, it didn't. Okay, that's fine. So we've got a situation here with Cody Stamen. Uh, so, again, in his UFC, he lost that fight to Aljo. Uh, he then responded with a win against Alejandro Perez, drew against uh, the Korean Zombie, and then beat Brian Kelleher. What's interesting about this fight, though, Dane, it's minus 360 for this fight to go the distance. Seven of the last eight Jimmy Rivera fights have gone the distance, uh, and five of the last six Cody Stamen fights have gone the difference. And that's a little unsettling for me because of the commentary right now kind of going around the judges. I hate when this happens. And honestly, I thought Volkanovski won that fight. I really did. And I know that I had, you know, I was positioned in a way where, of course, I was going to, but I was also with people around me who were watching the fight who were not, you know, positioned on either side. And they also had thought, that Volkanovski had won. Now, maybe my cheering and rooting 
um, influence them to give me the, the news. Key I was that third round. Round. The key was that third I round. I agree. The judge that gave it to Holloway had it 2-2 and then gave Holloway round five, which I think is actually yeah. the craziest judging of all of that. I understand right. if you had it 3-1 or 2-2 going into round five. So, you know, I, I thought it was 3-2 um, Volko also. So, and, and I'm just saying that because I am a little worried as we then head into this fight that it's going to it's gonna go the distance, right? Now, mm. you could then say to yourself, okay, well, whoever I like in this fight, I might as well then get plus money on it, right? Whether that means you bring Cody Stamen up to a plus 165 or Jimmy Rivera up to plus 125. But who knows? Maybe there's a knockout in there. For me, though, if I had to lean one way, I'd lean towards Jimmy Rivera as a minus 130 favorite. I just, I can't hold it against you if you lose to Perrion, Aljo, and Marlon Marais. And in fact, you know, the fact that neither Jan or Aljo were able to finish him, like, mm. Jimmy Rivera is a tough son of a gun, man. And I think he's a justifiable favorite in this fight. And I think at minus 130, it's a doable price. All right, fair enough. There's Kevin's thoughts on tonight's fight night card. Again, later on this week on Friday, we'll have our guy Jay, the Sports Keg CEO, back to talk about Saturday's fight. But up next, we're going to have someone who delivered winners for us last week also. It's our guy Cam Stewart coming in to talk about golf when we come back. He gave you the winner last week. Let's see about this one when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. That's what we do every weekday morning. I'm Dane Martinez. My main man, Kevin Walsh, is there as well. And, Kev, you know, yesterday you talked about the TBT championship, right? And you were on the four-seeded Golden Eagles over sideline cancer. You even said, you know, the two-and-a-half-point spread, I think it was. You were a little bit concerned about that, but you did think they would win outright, and they did, 78-73. to 73. You also told me not necessarily to do that odds boost with the total. You mentioned what that kind of scoring system looks like, and what do you know? The Eagles came in to win the TBT tournament, and the game stayed under, just like you said, brother man, another winner from the basement. Yeah, uh, you love to see it. The TBT tournament was a blast. The Golden Eagles uh, and Sideline Cancer gave us as good of a game as you could ask for. Dane, it was tied 70-70 going into the Elam ending. I mean, you can't ask really? for more than that. Like, it was as close as it gets. The Golden Eagles, though, when we got into that, that finished game, just flipped it off. I, I mean, really? they, they, they had three possessions. They scored eight points in three possessions. They they did exactly what they needed to. Um, now that line was moving all throughout the day, right? So we gave so we and that's the thing here. You're here with us on the early line. We gave you the early, early line. line. You, you got that two and a half in, which was nice. I saw um, I saw Gabe uh, Marenzi for you know of GTD had that uh, sideline cancer team getting six and a half, which was actually good oh. enough for a cover with the seventy eight seventy three final. So, but that's little, little you know, action. Hopefully, people were, you know, what's on the early line and were forcing that line movement um, and got themselves a, a winner. And yes, then maybe the middle action. And the game also did stay under, which was which was tricky. That's what we also saw play out there, Dane. It was one of those tricky situations where, you know, just one more bucket from sideline cancer and it would have been enough to push this thing, you know, wow. without a doubt over. You know what I mean? So, it showed mm -hmm. um, how tricky it could be, but the under was the right play. And depending when you got the number, you could have found yourself on the right side backing either of those squads. Hey, Kev, are any of these guys going to be like Michael Beasley's replacement? Are any of these guys going to now be viable in the kind of transaction window or the ongoing transaction window in the NBA? We heard a lot about Marcus Keene of Sideline Cancer. I saw a lot of people talking about, you know, oh, this guy is an NBA player. I saw, and you know, he'll get looks, I think. There was a lot of NBA people who were watching this, not only because they wanted to watch basketball, 
And, you know, but some guys, they had, you know, their affiliations. I'm sure Dwayne Wade was watching the Marquette team, and he had been joining the TBT broadcast a number of times. And, you know, Chris Paul had a team in there. But also, Dane, of course, because of the bubble implications, the one thing that I will be interested to see is, and they started talking about this on the broadcast, there's no college basketball. Do we get another TBT tournament sooner than later uh, as opposed to waiting a year because their bubble was successful? And because I would say, you know, they got themselves some pretty good attention, they might look to maybe try and put this on again. Listen, who doesn't want to show up and compete for a million dollars? Right. Count me in. Hey, Kev, let's find some guys and let's make it happen. We can enter the team as the (laughs) early line. You know, and then how would you play it, though, Kev? Honestly, are we going to go the whole thing or are we going to try to tank and just shave points and, you know, win our bets on it as a team? There's a lot of different ways we can go. Yeah, I I see. I got the gears turning right there for you, Kev. I also want to check in on our poll question which we have done so. Remember, we're wondering how does the drama in Dallas between Dak and the Cowboys wind up 50%? Kev, still think this is the last season for Dak Prescott with a star on his helmet. I know our producer, Venmo Bryan, may think differently. I think ultimately they do come to a long-term deal. I want to turn our attention a little bit to golf. We're working to get our guy Cam Stewart with us, and I hope we can because he gave us a winner. Yes, uh, last week. I don't know. You know, Kev, listen, I don't know if you saw this, but they were in the playoff, okay? It was was Morikawa and Justin Thomas in the playoffs, and Cam, I gotta find out, how are you feeling about this? Because I know you had Morikawa. Morikawa's down by three shots to Justin Thomas, of all people, with three shots left to play. He ties them. We get the darn playoff, right? And then Morikawa, when he needs to, Cam, hits a 50-footer on a playoff hole to wind up staying in contention and then coming all the way on home. Cam, I can't wait to see what did you do with your haircut as a response to this. More a cow or cash for you, brother man. Welcome on gotta- in to the early line. <laughs> How you guys doing? Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. I actually, like, when I saw he was down three, I'm like, enough right. of this. Tur- I, I feel like a turkey. I'm going to go for a walk, right? So I go for a walk around, you know, the famous track that Morenci made famous when he stayed here. So I'm sitting there. I'm looking at the phone. I'm like, ah, he's down two with two to play. Uh, okay. Down one. One hole left. I'm like, really, really? Is this going to happen here? But I got to tell you guys something. When you got a lot of money on a guy, um, I'm not. I don't have any regrets for hedging on Thomas because you know the night before, even at plus five fifty, that's when I should have done it. That's when I should have gone to Justin Thomas. But I, I got a worse number. But I'm thinking if I'm going to win a couple grand, I can you know hedge it in the middle here, and uh, we'll see what happens because I want to have two guys going into the playoff. There's nothing worse than winning nothing. I'd rather win something. But I couldn't believe it when Justin Thomas missed that ten footer and and we went to the playoff. I'm like, oh god, here we go. So I'm cheering for more cow. I got more on him. When Justin Thomas hits that 50-foot putt, I go, here we go. I go, congratulations to him. Mm-hmm. Who's going to do this? And then when Morikawa hit that 23-foot 20, downhill slider, I'm like, it's on. And then when you see Thomas put his tee ball behind the tree and he's screwed, I'm like, oh, my God, I actually might win something here. So I've been riding Colin Morikawa ever since he came out of uh, the University of Cal Berkeley. He's a great golfer, and he's had that tendency to, like, you know, miss those short putts. Bad things happen. He showed resilience that I've never seen him show before it's almost like he said this is my time justin thomas is one of the best in the world and it was shocking to see and it's hard to win a golf tournament guys justin thomas three shot lead three to go and not getting it done to me that's shocking yeah you're absolutely right cam but as you know can't go broke making a profit so hedge away and however it worked out it works out for you let's uh spin our attention though cam to this week's event the memorial and this is a huge event why because there's a certain guy that's 25 to 1 that I yeah. want to get your take on that hasn't played since the restart, unless, of course, you count playing with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. I personally don't, but Tiger is back in the field at 25 to 1. Do you think he comes out roaring, Cam? No, I think he's more like a pussycat to start, you know, kind of like your house cat, meow, meow. He's looking for some meow mix, a little bit of milk. We'll see if that satisfies him. I'm not sure. I got to be honest with you guys, and Kevin, I I know you're going to love this. When Gabe and I did the show yesterday, I'm on FanDuel, and I saw the odds boost for Tiger Woods making the cut from minus 450 to even. 
I almost wow. like my jaw just dropped to the floor. I'm like, uh, this is the craziest odds boost I've ever seen. Do these guys know something? Hey, if you love Tiger Woods and you get him at even money to make the cut, that's crazy. But I've also known with the odds boost sometimes, you know, <clears throat> it almost feels like, you know, Wow, they're selling me they're three chocolate bars for the money, price of right? one. They're inviting that money. Right? <laughs> and I don't need, I don't need three chocolate money, bars. Cam. I eat them all. <laughs> Jeez, Cam, why'd you do that again? Because you love chocolate. It was so <laughs> tempting. And uh, that's the way I feel with Tiger Woods. Hey, he can come back. But let's remember, guys, the last tournament, full field, he played the Genesis. He was uh, T68 there. I don't think it's magically going to appear. He's an older guy. You know, he's my age. Uh, it's going to take some time to limber up. If he makes the cut, I'd be very, very careful if he gets that second and third win. That's what he does. But I actually thought the books were going to make Tiger 18-20 because people will blindly bet on him uh, due to fandom. To see him at 25 on FanDuel is a little bit shocking, guys. But uh, I think he'll be there, maybe a top 20. But he won't be on my betting board this week. i got to see something first. Let me ask you a little bit more about And I guess we should say thanks to Pat McAfee because it's labeled the Pat McAfee Super Boost. Uh, so that's, you know, I guess perhaps his <laughs> yeah, love joins of the Tiger network Woods. And gives you money too, Kev. Why not, right? <laughs> <laughs> to see it. Super boost. Uh, let me ask you this, though, Ken, because there, look, this this is what happens when Tiger's back, right? There's, yep. It's pretty much, hey, do you want to bet in the tournament? And then what do you want to do with Tiger? Like, he has all of his own, um, you know, different bets that you can make. And there's two that stand out to me specifically I want to ask you about. There's an over under on his first round score, which is mm -hmm. 69 and a half. Uh, for him to be under is the favorite of is at minus 126. I also thought it was interesting. Tiger Woods to be in the top 20 after round one. The yes is plus money. Yet he is, I believe, I think I know he's top 15. I think he might be top 12 in terms mm -hmm. of odds to finish in the top 20 when it comes to the normal finishing position bet over the course of the tournament. I know round one can be different. How do you? What do you think about those two markets and how they might relate to each other with the over/under for that round one first score? Interesting question, Kev. I'm going to tell you something. Tiger's a notorious slow starter when he was the, at the top of his game. Now he's an older man. He's my, you know, he's my age. I'm not going to say he's a senior citizen, but it's going to be tough too. The one thing though, I would take, I would take the over. I think he's probably going to be about one under when everything's said and done. I think he shoots a 71. That's my prediction, or even 72. Uh, so that's what I would do with that. On the weekend, if he's hanging around, then I would start to bet on him in matchup bets. If he if he's within six to eight strokes, then I'd be very, very careful because that's what Tiger Woods does. But be very, very careful, guys. This is a guy that's a notorious slow starter. I don't know what he's done. If you're encouraged to bet Tiger Woods, I'll tell you one thing. His driver looked fantastic in those uh, tournaments, right? Like, he was absolutely nutting balls right down the middle, 300-plus. Like, he looked very, very good. He, he kept his driver in play, which is vital at this course. Let me tell you, last week's workday... I'm predicting one and a half strokes per round difference. So if the winner won last week, Morikawa at 19, I'm thinking the winner is going to be around 13, 14. Um, the rough is going to be lusher. The greens are going to be faster. They ran 11 on the stint meter. Just to tell people about the stint meter, it's basically what they use on the PGA Tour uh, for, for, for speed of green. It wasn't very big. Now they're going to be slick. If the weather's hot in, in Ohio, which it will be, they'll probably run 12 and a half, 13. So putts that go one or two feet by might roll six feet by. That's a big difference. See, that, that, hurt, that would hurt a guy like Morikawa, who actually putted well last week. But I'm going to tell you, Kev, I would actually fade Tiger Woods, as insane as that sounds, coming out of this thing. We'll see what happens. I think the books, I, I, I know what? I understand what they're doing. They're putting around a big price. That's to attract money. If they put them mm -hmm. at 18 or 20, I think they would have had less action, but people are going to bet on Tiger Woods. The casual golf fan who wants to cheer for him on the weekend, they'll bet that. But you know what? It's not my first yeah, rodeo. Like, I've seen this before, right? So he might That's come right. out. I would predict him to play, like, kind of even par golf, maybe hang around for the cut line, and then try to make a move on the weekend. All right, Cam. And what we're going to do when we come back, we're going to get your six-pack for the memorial. Stay right here. Come on back. The early line, Cam, six-pack. Come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
back, everybody, to the early line right here on SportsGrid. We got our guy Cam Stewart, who gave you the stone-cold winner in this spot last week. We've got Cam again. You know, Cam, you're mentioning that, you know, I saw this. You're not going to win at 19-20 under, so you think it may be a little <laughs> bit more competitive. The course may play a little bit, you know, harder, faster greens, thicker rough, mm-hmm. things of that yep. nature. Who is this prime to benefit? Give me the six-pack, brother, man. Yeah, first uh, one guy. Guys, I'm actually fading DeChambeau this week. And uh, that's probably, I don't know if it's going to be a popular play. Because Jack Nicholas, if this guy doesn't hit the ball straight with the lush, rough, I don't care if he's, uh, you know, Tony Atlas and he can lift a tree. Hmm. He's going to have problems getting to the green. So let's go to the six-pack. Let's crack our first brew with Spaniard John Rahm. I like Patrick Cantley at 14, but I got to do something with him in matchup bets instead. That number's not big enough uh, with this field. But John Rahm at 22, kind of sneaking under the radar. World-class player, Arizona State, and played really well on Sunday and not really making a move right now but this is the type of thing John Rahm hits it straight has power and he can get hot with the putter Xander Shifley at 28 to 1 is one of my favorite picks this week uh FanDuel they know something he opened up at 32 he's down to 28 he finished T14 Mm. over the weekend guys with a strong Sunday and he has the complete game now let's talk about our friends at FanDuel's best odds. You talk about the Tiger boost with Pat McAfee. Let's talk about Brooks Kepka at 30 to 1. Sure, the guy missed a cut, but now he's coming back. And I think this is insane. He almost had the exact same scenario as Patrick Cantley, who finished inside top 10 with a strong weekend. Kepka just missed the cut. He had a horrible start to his tournament, but he actually went low and just missed. At 30 to 1 for a world class player like Kepka, I think that is insane and it has to be bet. Who will be uh, benefiting this week? Guys who hit irons well. Who are, it's a second-shot golf course. Abraham Answer, you got questions, guys. He's got answers at 45-1. to one. Mark <laughs> Leishman, underrated. I can't believe, when I saw Mark Leishman, I would have put him at 50-1 to one in this tournament. He's 75. The, the Australian, he's got a complete game, too. The guy hits it long. He hits it straight. Putter's a question, but if he gets hot for the weekend, and if you're looking for one bomb, uh, they call me Orso. When I went to Mexico, Orso, Orso. It's bear in Spanish. Well, he's the Irish bear. And he could probably have a good contest with me drinking. Shane Lowry, how many Guinnesses can you put back? A lot. At 140 to 1, he could blow up the keg. That sounds good, Cam. And what's going on with that uh, hairstyle these days? Uh, it's getting there. Uh, it's military cut there, uh, Dane. Uh, I'm not cutting like it, it now. I was I was a luckier guy with Ron Ruggs when I really let it go. Much. He's like, yeah, you can't get your hair cut. I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, yes, I do want a haircut because my pillow's sweaty and uh, I don't like, like waking up in a pool of sweat. I'm a bigger man. But, uh, yeah, it's been pretty good. With Colin Morikawa, maybe it's not the haircut, like fellas. But I'll tell you one thing, Dane, I don't know what to do with this MLS. I was on fire with the Portland oh, Timbers. Oh, I, honest to God, like I just can't, you can't take an under in this tournament right now. Like Don't get that me was started, some sloppy Cam. soccer by New York City. Those guys were horrible. Yeah, I know. Trust me, I know. My eyes are starting to point to the new head coach. They have not looked good so far. I continue to make excuses, but. Don't get me started, Cam. We'll have you back next week to try to get some more winners on the PGA uh, tour. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us, Cam. As always, we love having you. Uh, Kevin, as we now then turn our attention, right, let's make some plays. Let's check in our poll. We're going to have our crew from the morning after join us as well. Kev, who you like today? Give me a winner. Give me a winner today. I don't know if you want to go to Europe. I don't know where you want to go. Give me a winner today. Who you got? So one of the games in the Premier League that we didn't hit, that's really interesting Mm. to me. You look at, uh, since the reset, Burnley has been a very tough out. They lost their first game to Man City 5-0. It seems they beat everybody 5-0, right? Since then, they've not lost. They've been very, very tight games. They beat Watford. They beat Crystal Palace 1-0. They drew with Sheffield United 1-1. They did beat West Ham 1-0. And then they were the first team to go to Anfield, play Liverpool, and not lose. They got a draw. Burnley have been so tough. They play Wolves today. And I say all of that to tell you, I like Wolves at minus 105. They simply have way <laughs> too much on the line. If Wolves win this game, they're within five points of Chelsea. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, but Wolves are the forgotten team when it comes to this race for a top four spot. Chelsea have to play Liverpool. And then on the last hmm. day of the season, they play Wolves. If Wolves beat Burnley and then beat Crystal Palace and get a little bit of help from Liverpool, if they can beat Chelsea, they go into that last day with the opportunity to jump over Chelsea. And by the way, on the last day, Leicester play 
Manchester United. So one of those teams could potentially be losing as well. What a final day we could be setting up for on the last day of the Premier League. This game is far too important to me for Wolves. Everything I said about Burnley is true. And I might end up looking silly that I ignored all of it going into this game, (laughs) but I cannot help it. Way too much on the line for Wolves. Minus 105, they get the job done. Yeah, well, if Burnley is scrappy, you know where I'll go, Kev. The idea to draw at plus 210 could always be live. I am also looking to England today, but in the game that we did talk about, right? Man City and Burnmouth. To me, I think you're right. Burnmouth, you know, kind of going for it, and then they're susceptible to on the comeback, giving up goals. You say Man City has been scoring four, five goals each time out. I'm going to be conservative with it, though, Kev. I'm going to take the over two and a half, right? And over two and a half is minus 350. That ain't enough for me. So I'm going to add something into it and make it a same game parlay. But Man City, you know, winning is something like minus 800. That does not help me. However, when I look at the first half result, because listen, if they're going to go out crazy, they're probably going to be up already by halftime. In my opinion, their halftime Man City result is minus 230. You put a minus 230 with a minus 350 together in a parlay. I get Man City at halftime and over two and a half goals for the entire game. I get that together at minus 136. That's a level of juice that is palatable for me that I would be able to handle. So that will be my play of the day. Remember, we also have the standalone game in the MLS's back tournament tonight, Kev, where what we have is the Vancouver Whitecaps against the San Jose Earthquakes. What do you think about the fact that this there is only one game tonight? I think that's interesting. They've been doing the three games, the breakfast match and all that, but this is a spotlight standalone game. Is this just to even out the group stage, or do we want all eyes on San Jose Vancouver? Yeah, this has a lot to do, I think, with FC Dallas's removal from this tournament. I think, it, you know, there are right. certain days where they're just overloaded, and I don't think they wanted to move a ton of things around where, yes, they could have taken the Philadelphia Union game and, you know, pushed it over, you know, say for a start time here today. But it's also then difficult, right? Because then you're telling one of these teams that they have to play at probably 9 a.m. or push yep. it back start times. Like, you know, you don't want to move too much, too many things around. So uh, more than understandable to me as to why this game is, uh, spotlighted. It should be a fun one again. I think we could see some goals there. And on that note, I just want to also bring up one of the other uh, Premier League games while we have some time to talk about them uh, with both sure. Newcastle and Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham's been terrible on the road. Newcastle has been fantastic at home. But a lot of those have been draws. So your 3-1 to one draw is live there, Dane. But I think these are two hey. teams that can bring the offensive firepower. So I think over 2.5 at minus 116 is a nice little play in Newcastle Tottenham. All right, fair enough. Remember, up next for us here on The Grid, giving you the edge, is our crew at the morning after, and we've got my guy, Jared Smith, with us right here, right now. Jared, I want to ask you a question, man. You know, today is the deadline for those franchise tag players to come to kind of a long-term deal. We saw Chris Jones sign. We hear that Yannick Ngakwe could still be on the move, Derrick Henry, blah, blah, blah. But obviously the biggest name to talk about in this vein is Dak Prescott. And we have a poll question up, Jared. And our poll question is this. How does the drama end in Dallas with Dak? You know, like, is this his last year there? And then he maybe moves on. Do they kind of kick the can down the road with the franchise tag a la Kirk Cousins? Do they come to an agreement on a long-term deal, meaning Dak is the franchise quarterback for the Cowboys for the better of this decade, or do they move him? Where would I mean, you vote sounds, on this poll? It sounds like they're trying to get him done, which is which is that leads you to believe that he is going to be their guy. Um, I, if I'm him, I'm, I don't turn down a hundred. What is it? A hundred guaranteed that he's being offered between 30 and 35 annually. I mean, you saw what Patrick Mahomes just got, which obviously set the market. I think if Dak asks for more than that, uh, he's crazy, but I, I, I certainly think somewhere in that vicinity is what he's asking for and what the Cowboys are at least entertaining. I, I, I personally, I would kick the can and say, hey, your franchise tag, let's see what you do with all these new shiny toys, mainly the one they got uh, at the top of the first round. So that that's what I would do. But I think it they're leaning towards giving him a long-term deal. But new head coach, uh, you know, Zeke a year older. Uh, well, I, I think it's it's very much his team. And he's going to have to prove it this year. 
Jared, it's a big episode of TMA coming up because not only do you have a hefty Premier League slate, but also uh, I know you are. I've been really plugged into the golf tournaments when uh, when they're getting yeah. going. Talk to me a little bit about what you guys got coming up today on TMA. Yeah, TMA. Uh, obviously, it's Walsh Wednesday as well. You forgot about that part, so That's you'll, right. be, you'll be hopping. You'll, you'll, you'll be hopping on with us. We're going to talk a little bit of bubble. You're going to spill some tea on the bubble. Uh, and then we'll get into some of that golf stuff. Obviously, the Memorial coming up this weekend, tomorrow, really. Uh, we'll lock in our best bets on the Memorial. John Dostremski also from WFAN is going to hop on with us, going to talk a little baseball futures. And then Mafia with UFC picks. Stack show today. Really stack show. A uh, lot of picks, a lot of niche sports. We'll have some soccer as well. Ariel's uh, uh, crushing it now in the Syria A ah, soccer ranks. I, I've, I've uh, ah. uh, trained her well in the degenerate world of soccer now. She's gunning into the Italian leagues. Uh, so lots of fun stuff coming up on TMA later. All right, I got one more question for you. One name sure. that I didn't hear you mention in all of the things you're talking about is Mr. Jacob DeGrom, who, by the way, left after one inning. I mean, this is doomsday. I'm bullish on the Mets this season. I think you know that, but a lot of that is tied to DeGrom. Like, what's your worry meter on the news out of New York? Back is scary for a pitcher. We've seen that really derail pitchers in the past, and Listen, he's he's a guy who's avoided injuries his whole career for the most part. Very weird upbringing for him. Uh, not upbringing, but his baseball upbringing, switching positions and right. moving to new uh, situations and then kind of falling into place uh, with the Mets uh, as their ace. I, I Obviously, in a weird season, any little, little kind of nick and cut bruise you're going to take a little more seriously because of the shortened nature of the season. It, you can't just afford to throw a couple of weeks away or a month away yeah. uh, it, to recover from something. So obviously it's, it, it, it is uh, certainly concerning. We're going to, we, 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 we do have DeGrom on the schedule today. Uh, we're going to mention him after the segment when we, when we, when we do right? our Reds uh, breakdown. That's the thing. These guys are going to get, what, 10, 11 starts in this season anyway? So if someone's compromised yeah. for two or three, it is a problem. Huge. I'm looking forward to see how you guys talk about it on the morning after, which is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.